Welcome to the KIPPS Personal Trainer Application Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of KIPPS and Time to Train Fitness. We have a big one for you. This is one that I've been really looking forward to and I'm so happy that we were able to get her on the podcast. We have Kaylee Cohen. She is a YouTube fitness professional at the moment of this recording almost or above, I believe, 69,000 subscribers on YouTube. Amazing. Kaylee, first of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. Tyler, thank you. I'm so excited and honored that you have asked me to be here today. And thank you for the intro too. That was so kind of you. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it's one of those things where we get somebody that I really look forward to the episode and with making the sample questions, I always joke in the podcast that there are parts of a podcast that are pre-formatted that of course put together to make sure that a podcast flows together and i was just so excited for this one because not only do i think that this is going to be very useful for individuals listening to it fitness professionals looking at different options out there but at the same time i've taken your classes i know how great they are i know the work that you and your husband put into your YouTube workouts. So I think that this is going to be a fantastic episode. So let's kick it off with YouTube. I'm just going to put it out there. I know that a majority of people, fitness professionals do not utilize it and do not even really know what YouTube can do for the business. They, they've heard of it. They don't know the power of it. What was your thought process in getting into YouTube workouts and being somebody that strictly does YouTube based workouts for their business? So to, to start this off, which is interesting, we never started doing the YouTube videos for any sort of business. It just, it just sort of happened. But with that said, I feel like we can still give you some very helpful information for everything that we have learned in the process. So when we started the YouTube videos, I had been teaching cycling. I've been coaching cycling for about 10 years. And my mom had never been able to take one of my cycling classes because we had never lived in the same city at the same time I was teaching or when she was visiting, I wasn't teaching at that time. And so I creating workouts and especially cycling workouts is is somewhat of my creative outlet. And so at Mm -hmm. the time, um, we were living in Saudi Arabia before. So I was teaching there. So I was like, yes, let's do this. Uh, we moved to Dubai and I wasn't teaching. And I was like, I just really want my mom to try one of my workouts. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put up a cycling class on YouTube. And if, if anyone else watches it, then I I guess they will, hopefully enjoy their workout. So (laughs) we, at the same time that we had started or at the same time that we had put up the workout, Jason was also, Jason is my husband, by the way, I'll mention that. Uh, Mm. he was also getting into cameras and videography. Mm -hmm. So it just sort of worked out that he filmed the first cycling workout. We put it up, we had a few views, we put up another one where I was like, Oh yeah, that was good. And Mm -hmm. so we put up a few more and the views just started to come in from there. And now here we are. So it wasn't intended to be a business, but Mm -hmm. it thankfully, and we're so grateful that it has. Yeah. With the last year, a lot of individuals in the fitness industry across the globe, have been looking at different options to grow business or even just utilize different platforms. How long have you guys been on YouTube? Um, probably about two years. Okay. Okay. And how long did it take you guys to get uh, a monetized channel as they call it? That's essentially for people listening. That's when you can make some money off of your YouTube channel. Yes, exactly. So that is, yeah, that's 1000 subscribers in 4,000 watch hours. Mm -hmm. And I believe we hit that point maybe at about eight months in or so. So that was, so, I mean, it is, it does take time to build up to it, but once you can get to that point, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were doing it pre pandemic time and how has the business grown during the pandemic? Did it just explode once that time happened when everybody was indoors? 
Yeah, that the pandemic was that that did help. Everyone was stuck inside. The gyms were renting bikes and you know, a lot of with cycling, some people like to do it on their own, but it it is more fun to work. I always say it's always more fun to work out with a friend anyway. So a lot of people came to YouTube and it did grow quite a bit Mm -hmm. from that point, which was, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, people were talking about how this was, they were making so many changes and reaching their goals all while the pandemic was going on and they couldn't leave their house. So there were a lot of benefits to that. I just know this because I'm a fan of your channel and I've looked at other videos than cycling. Was there a a strategy kind of when you were initially starting? Like, okay, I'm going to put up some core workouts, some HIIT workouts, um, and then uh, cycling is going to be the primary one. Was there kind of a thought process going into it? Once I guess things started picking up, we did try to put other workouts on the channel, strength workouts. Um, and we always, well, we always have a stretching workout, but, or a stretching video for after the classes. But as far as that, I did want to incorporate strength because I find strength training to also be super beneficial in, you know, a complete fitness program. But when you are on YouTube, it's super important to niche down And then once you kind of build up then to go from there. So I wanted to add these workouts and we did, and we found that that wasn't very beneficial for the channel. So then we just stuck to cycling and now we do have a strength channel as well. That's really good insight right there. I think that initially some might think that, okay, I'm just going to have a plethora out there and, Mm -hmm. um, with niching down and really getting into the cycling I think that it really has helped your channel grow and mm-hmm. we'll know what they're coming to get. And now you guys have evolved to doing streaming um, through YouTube, which is fantastic. And so a question for you now with uh-huh. the YouTube channel and looking at your workouts, looking at the quality that you guys put into it. It's fantastic. You guys have really taken your time to grow that aspect of it, which I think that that's part of I'll say the growth of a channel that individuals initially just start, oh, I'm just going to push something up there. And they think that it's automatically going to grow, but it's really treating it like a business, putting mm-hmm. time and effort into it, which really, I think people appreciate because it's the quality of it with now the teaching part. That's the part that I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to hear because you were doing this pre-pandemic in the States, that has been a very hot topic with the differences in teaching online over the last year. You were doing it before. What was that learning curve for you? Like learning that, okay, I'm teaching to a camera. There's not the participants immediately mm-hmm. out of it. What was that part of uh, gr- the growth aspect for you? It is, you know, when you see yourself on camera, it can, it can feel awkward. And the thing is you kind of have to, ju- you have to watch yourself. So if you can watch yourself on camera. And then if you notice something, if you notice you have a crutch word, if you notice a certain movement or an action that you do that might not be appealing on camera, the next time you film, you work on that one specific thing. So at the beginning, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's not, I would say (laughs) even maybe the first 10, 15 workouts that we put up, it's, it's hard because you have absolutely no interaction with anyone to know how things might be going. Um, so yes, that, that is a challenge, but to watch yourself and to, to kind of get over that, oh man, I can't look at the camera. I can't watch this to, to do that. And then to pick up on these little things, it'll really help you improve and get more comfortable in front of the camera as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that that is an aspect of one of of great instructors, to be honest, of great virtual trainers, is that they take the time to go back, watch their video, see those little things that they're doing, and it's but it's part. I think it's part of their personality. It's a trait of perfectionism that they want it Mm -hmm. to be as best as possible. But I think exactly what you're saying. You you learn so much from it. You learn what Mm -hmm. you're doing. When you miss a cue or you miss state something, you learn what your process is after that. And then sometimes you might be like, okay, I just need to take a deep breath. And all of a sudden 
you realize that next time it comes up, you know what you're going to do from it. So I think that that's such a great tip. And uh, it's something that uh, with one of my other businesses, I talk with the instructors about is watching their videos back. And some of them already, they did it already. And they, they learn about their audio. They learn about themselves. They're lighting all these little things with it. So can you give us a little bit more about yourself now? I want the listeners to really I'll say get a good picture of it because with YouTube, you never know where anybody is. I think it's great that you shared already uh, and you do on your channel where you live. And so it's great to know that, wow, she's so far, she's almost on the other side of the, of the, of the yeah. globe. And <laughs> one of those things, that's the beauty of YouTube. Yes. So we lived in, uh, where did we live? We've lived, we've lived in, well, I'm from Michigan. Okay. He's from Tennessee. So, uh, when we got married, well, we lived in Virginia and then we lived in Tennessee. Then we moved back to Michigan and then he got a job in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So we lived there for three years and then from Riyadh, we went, we came straight here to Dubai. So now we've been in Dubai for about three years as well. And so I've kind of taught in all you know, um, parts of the U.S. And then in Riyadh, I taught there. Um, and I guess in Dubai, I've taught on camera. So that, <laughs> that's about as, so I, I never actually did get a uh, in-person cycling job here, I guess you can say. I What's interesting is at the same time, because like I mentioned, the cycling is my kind of creative outlet. I'm, I am not artsy. I have had so many Pinterest fails that it would, yeah, it's, it is, it's comical to think, but yeah, so that fitness or creating workouts is what I love to do. And so at the same time, I was, I was really feeling down. I was like, I need to, I need to get back on the bike. I need to create these workouts. And I was doing them for myself. I tried out for, uh, a bigger, ch I guess you would call it a chain that started in the U S here in, in Dubai. And I went back for probably four auditions and they kept calling me back, calling me back. And at the same time, we were posting these workouts on YouTube. And I was just like, dear God, what should I do? I'm like, <laughs> we, every time I would go in for an audition, I would just think to myself, should I be doing YouTube or should I be trying to apply here at this studio. And anyway, long story short, um, sadly, the studio ended up closing down. So thankfully I continued to do the workouts uh, on YouTube because mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, that's where we are now. We're here in Dubai. We have two kids. Um, we have a dog, Stella, <laughs> that you'll see in the workouts. And we also have a cat who pops in the workouts every once in a while. And we have a, a new bunny as well. So Nice. That's that's us here in Dubai. Nice, nice. So let's jump into now some of the YouTube items a little bit more because that I know that I've spoken with instructors before that, again, I mean, I mentioned this at the beginning that not many instructors know even the power of YouTube and uh -huh. what it can do for your business. I mean, we're talking something that's global. It's something that reaches much bigger audiences than just your local market. And that was one of the initial things that virtual trainers were seeing that, oh, wow, I can train my best friend that lives in a different state or my mom that lives in a uh, halfway across the globe. Things like that where uh -huh. you can really impact people. And that's one of the beauties of virtual training with teaching virtually, though. So we already talked about just your progression yourself. Were there any other challenges that you initially faced with uh, doing your YouTube, YouTube workouts? I would say the biggest thing would be, well, other than, you know, the technical things, getting the lighting, getting the cameras, getting the audio kind of just right. But for the workouts themselves would probably be the music because, you know, music is, well, in all workouts, it's, it's a big deal. And especially during cycling, uh, you know, a lot of people use the music for their workouts. So that was a challenge from the beginning. And I've got to be honest, I was a little, I was a little hard headed at the beginning. You know, my husband, Jason, he, uh, there are sites that allow you to use music. And so you just kind of pay, you pay a subscription fee for the music and then you have the rights to the music, which means you won't have any commercials in your video and you can monetize those workouts. So mm -hmm. at first I was like, this is, that was the, that was the toughest thing. And I'm, I'm glad I finally let that go because there are so many 
amazing and talented musicians out there that you can use now that, I mean, I love the music now. And to be honest, it's, it's the only music that I, that I really listen to. I don't even usually <laughs> listen to the radio, but you know, it does take some time because you, you want to know the songs you want to sing along to them. But after a few workouts, you'll be singing along and you won't even, you probably won't even miss the radio music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, the eighties rides and stuff that that's the only thing, but in there was one ride that I tried to do with radio music. So we spent hours, you know, planning the class, filming the class, editing the class. And one of the, one of the artists, or I guess we should say the music labels, one of the music labels decided that, nope, they didn't want their music in any of the videos. So they can just take the whole video down. So it's, it is a very dangerous road to walk if you do want to use that music. And then you have to just be aware that your workouts will be interrupted with commercials and yeah. So the whole nine yards that go along with that, when there is a much easier solution. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, that's a, a good one to point out because one, I've, I've worked with instructors that they've almost ref refused to do mm -hmm. um, non-popular music. And uh -huh. I mean, as I've stated, I've taken your workouts. I, I know that the, the music doesn't bother me. It's not something yeah. that, um, even though all the, the things that you pointed out, it, of course, it's nice to hear popular music, but I'm not, I don't go to a workout to listen to, oh, I got, got to have my, my best jams in there. It's not like my main yeah. point of being at a workout. I'm there <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. to get my sweat on, get a good workout. And so it, it's something that you just got to get over. And exactly all the things you pointed out, already, there's tons of great music out there mm -hmm. um, for instructors to be able to utilize. Is there a, the specific subscription that you guys utilize for yours? We actually use three different services. So yeah, we use Artlist IO, we use Musicbed and Epidemic Sound. Okay. So we have a big, yeah, we have a wide selection. So each of them offer a little bit different, I guess you taste in music. Mm -hmm. So it gives us a lot of variety for each class and that's good. everything that we have planned. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I think mostly the instructors that I speak with, they do just one subscription. Mm -hmm. um, and the ones that you mentioned, I know about one of those. The other two are great to provide for the audience. And uh, the two that primarily I hear a lot of instructors out in the States, they, they utilized are power music and muscle mixes. Um, oh, yes. The, the variety option and the point that you just mentioned there, being able to have three different that you can utilize that way. And mm -hmm. especially if you're going down the road that we're talking about here with having a monetized channel, being able to have that part of your business options, 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 options Yes, that you guys can pull from and utilize music that way instead of just being stuck to one music source. Because I've even encountered it sometimes that some of these subscription services, and I've even heard it from one of the owners, we had an owner of one of the music companies on a couple episodes ago, and she said, your best bet is just to do the virtual music that we have on our playlist because he said even then there can be some stuff that comes up in the way and yeah basically she was just saying this is the safest way not a for sure mm -hmm. but the safest way so the music thing it's great to hear that you guys have kind of a system down and it's your valid source of information to pull from <laughs> and you have a, a monetized channel that uh, many instructors should hopefully strive for. Let's get back to asking you now about over the last year, because we were talking about uh, how it grew. What are also some of the other changes you made? And one specifically that comes to my mind is your backdrop. Uh, what was kind of the thought process in uh, updating your guys' backdrop with the workouts? So, you know, we, we kind of decided to go all in. So we, we actually moved specifically for the new studio nice. <laughs> that, that we have. So yeah, we kind of, um, we, we really, we, we did like our old house, but this, the new house had a, a more, I don't, a more appropriate room for what we needed in a studio to give us a little bit higher ceilings, wider walls, no windows. 
So we ended up uh, yeah, moving for a new studio. So that was one of the biggest changes over the last year. And what else we changed? Uh, well, we have the live rides now. So we've mm-hmm. incorporated those. That was, that was a long time coming. Um, there were a few kinks to work out with the live rides, but we finally have those. Um, and then I think just for the workout specifically, I've, I've kind of included a few more challenges just during the workouts, just little things so that people can come back to. And that's the one thing that I, I absolutely love about having all of the workouts recorded is people can go back. So, and they can see the improvements that they've made. So when there is a ride where I'm like, I'm going to challenge you today, try to increase your resistance just a little bit for the climbs. So you can, you know, build up your endurance and strength. They will come back to that workout and they will, you know, a few weeks, months later, and they will see the changes. And that is really what keeps people going is like seeing those little changes, seeing them, you know, the changes they've made getting stronger. So that, um, that aspect of having your classes digitally where people can come back to and compare has been awesome. And it it wasn't anything that I thought about before, um, which is why I started including the challenges. So that was, that's one good thing to include if you do start having your classes virtually. Can we dive into that a little more? Um, I feel like with some of the instructors that I work with or even that I've spoken with is they are very focused on some of the things that they usually encounter with mm-hmm. doing live classes that they can do. Um, we'll call cha- They want to immediately incorporate challenges or try to incorporate things such as, uh, you know, talk with me, communicate with me after class and all these things that they're used to with live classes, but with virtual, do you feel like there was a point where you you were, um, I'll say, missing some of those aspects that you felt like, oh man, I want to know who's taking my class, those kinds of pieces? Was there a a part of your workout class where you had to be like, okay, I need to stop trying to think too much like that? Um, People are really good about sharing in the comments, Mm -hmm. how they felt about the workout or what they benefited from, from the workout. If they, you know, we, in the classes, we have team climb and team sprint. So Mm -hmm. if the, if someone who's on team sprint (laughs) does a climb workout, then they're like, man, that was so hard, but they still, you know, will give it everything they've got. So I, especially on YouTube specifically, because you can leave those comments, you can interact with your community and you can, you can ask the questions in the video. And most of the time people will respond, you know, and if one person's thinking that there's probably more, maybe that didn't mention that. And also, you know, if you, if you make yourself available, if you share your, well, you believe you do have to share your email anyways in YouTube, but if you are on Instagram or Facebook, they will come to you in direct messages and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm struggling with this and you can incorporate that and help other people along too. So I found that to be so beneficial. And I think with, you know, when you have a screen, sometimes you're a little bit more open to share with people. So I think some people were even more willing to share the struggles they were having or more willing to share the accomplishments that they made because there wasn't that, I don't, you know, you know, the feeling it's sometimes you're a little nervous to share if you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) face to face with someone, but when you can message them or you can leave a comment, it's a lot more comfortable to do it that way. So uh, there is that aspect of the direct communication, but when you have the other avenues, comments, messages, that's really helpful. And it's very important to read those comments take notes on the comments. What, what did people like about this workout? What didn't they like about this workout? Mm -hmm. And don't take those things personal, just make the changes because you're, I mean, you're there for, you're there for the viewer. So that's, I guess that was, that's my takeaway from that is I have probably gained more from comments and messages. That's good. That's really good to hear because I feel like a, a majority of instructors it, that I speak with or that I see in the states that are doing uh, virtual workouts, they have in their mind they have to use Zoom 
because they mm -hmm. have to quote unquote build their community that way. And mm -hmm. in my mind, it's about the quality, the quality of a workout, how it visually looks, how it sounds. And to hear you t mentioned about, yeah, you can create community in the comments and that people will message you, they'll reach out to you if, if they want to. And mm -hmm. they almost have a, a little more probably courage because you can't see them that way. Yeah. Um, and it's so great to hear that because you guys are doing such a high quality job with the workouts that you have already, you, you have this community building. And can you talk more about the, the whole team sprint, uh, team climb and the reasons why you got, why you, you do that? Was it more to get that interaction and, um, kind of build off of, uh, talk about more of like those kinds of things that you build into a workout to create that type of engagement? The, the team sprint and the team climb that just that just sort of happened <laughs> i i'm trying to even remember i think that was probably well over a year ago that those terms just kind of came about because it, again in the comments you have people saying i love climbs <laughs> i love sprints i hate climbs or so that was kind of, i just picked up on that so it's those little mm -hmm. things too that you need when you have that community, we've, we've never done a zoom workout, but I know, I know there is, I'm really not good at zoom. You would, I, I probably <laughs> should be, but I know there is a chat in zoom, but you know, once the zoom starts, you do the workout, you do the cool down and then you're done. I don't really think people have time to stay afterwards and chat where if you're on YouTube, people can stay after that workout for 20 seconds and leave you a comment where they might not be able to do that on zoom. And plus they're going to be doing it in front of everyone else. They can't pull the teacher, or pull the instructor aside to share that with them. So yeah, I'm going off on a tangent here about our, okay. <laughs> about our other topic, but yeah. So team sprint, team climb, those just, those just came about just from the community sharing that they loved the sprints or they didn't <laughs> love the sprints or the climb. So yeah. Were there other, um, would you say that there's other things that you that you've thought about for engagement reasons? Like, okay, I'm going to try this to see how much interaction I can get from it. Like, whether it's a phrase or anything like that. Um, there are times at the we we want to know what people want, so there will be times. Usually at the end of the workout during the cool down, I'll just ask question. Uh, just simple questions or like in the beginner ride, like what, what type of bike are you using? Are you mm. on a, are you on a spin bike? Are you on a stationary bike? Are you on an upright bike? Because we need to get that. And people like to answer questions. So they will, <laughs> they'll answer the questions. And it's so helpful because you can gather this information and, and help to tailor the workouts for, for more people. So once you niche down, then you can kind of go back and grow even bigger. Nice. Nice. So uh, just for the listeners right now, I've got to make sure that they know that <clears throat> on another episode, we're going to have Kaylee's husband on to talk about some of the, we'll say the video aspects, audio aspects, and even the strategy with building a YouTube channel uh, with Kelly specifically trying to really dive into the instructor aspect for this episode with being on camera, all those types of items, but we will have because uh, I'm sure that people are thinking those items. We will have her husband come on to talk about those items that can, if you are just starting a channel, hopefully uh, provide some some tidbits for you to take away and build from. So with advice now, because we're starting to already get into that, do you have a couple items that you could share with individuals that are just starting their channel that you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I don't know if I'm doing this right, or things that you've maybe learned from that you could share with the listeners? Yes. Oh, definitely. So that has, um, first of all, if you have started your channel, yes, because that is like the number one step. Do not wait, start, start it today, start it yesterday, because, you know, every day that goes by it's, it gets more and more difficult to, to start that. So just start it now, put your work up, up. the first few workouts are, you can look back at some of my workouts. It's, it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be okay. And you're going to get better every single workout, especially if you watch that video, you go back, you take a note one, one little thing. Oh dear. I said my, I always say, Oh my, or Oh, Oh goodness. So I, 
I always have to watch that, especially during the workout when after a climb, that's my go-to word. So I always try to watch that, change that up a little bit. So little things like that and be you, be you, you, you will find your group. There's, there's going to people be people that don't want to be in that group and that's okay. They're going to find their group. You be you and the people will come and niche, niche down. Don't, don't try to hit everything all at once. Pick one thing that you are so passionate about, go for that. And then the other things you can add. And also with, with that said, if you start posting a video and you have one video that comes up, that's like, wow, that's doing really well. And pay attention to those little things and then try to build off of that as well. And also be consistent. If you tell, if you tell your audience, if you make a a post that you're going to be posting every Monday, every Tuesday, or whatever it may be, stick, stick with that. So don't get in over your head and say, I'm going to post a video every single day, start once a week, start once every two weeks, and then stick with that. So you don't get burned out. And that's one thing too, is it can get overwhelming. It's lots of, lots of hours and lots of work, but it is 100 and 20% worth it. It's once you, you know, once you start posting videos, it, it's a slow process, but you'll get there. Nice. Nice. It's great that you mentioned about uh, your, your words that, um, that you notice that you say, I, I always talk about usually with before a podcast starts with, uh, with the guest about words that I used to say. And when I first started podcasting, my word was, you know, and I don't know if I've said it during this podcast. It's my thinking word when I'm trying to think in my head is I would, I would say, you know, and as I've mentioned this podcast, there's items that go into it before to make sure it sounds good. And there's items that go into it after and podcasts, is, this one is specifically edited. And, I, and when we first started, <laughs> I would go in and I would take out every time I said, you know, oh my if I'm the host of it, I'm going to make sure it sounds good. So I would go in <laughs> yeah, and exactly, I would take yeah. all those items out. But the, those are items like you mentioned with watching back, finding those things that you can improve upon because also there is a time, I'm going to say there's a strict time limit, but you guys have a time limit on your workouts, either 45 minutes. I know that uh, I feel like I remember when you started doing a couple 60 minute rides, um, but <laughs> yes. you do the, the I think you do 30, is it 30 or 25 minute rides also as well for beginners? Yeah, we have 20 and 30 for beginners. Yeah, mostly 20, but yeah, we have a couple 30 for beginners. Yeah, and so with, um, you know, growing a channel that way, this might actually be a good point. Can you explain uh, the variety you have on your YouTube channel, like the different types of rides and even the different times right there? Yeah, so we we try to get a quite a big variety because, you know, we have, we have parents that are at home that only have 20 minutes. And then we have some people that are training for longer things. They're trying to work on their running. So we have those 45 and 60 minute for more endurance, but we also have beginner. We have an entire beginner playlist. So that will show you how to set up your bike, proper form on the bike, the different positions that we do we, yeah, we do during our cycling classes and, um, I call and how I call it resistance, uh, just so you can get a broad overview of how the workout will go. So you'll be ready when that workout goes. So we have beginner rides, we have intermediate, we have more advanced rides, um, with the live rides, those tend to go 45 minutes to an hour. It depends on if we get requested for encore. Sometimes we do. And I will tell you, people will, once you start picking that music, people will like that because last week for the live ride, we had people calling out the names of the different workout or the different <laughs> songs to add to the encore. So people will like the music too, that you find. Um, but I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty much the channel as in a whole. So we have, we have a whole variety, the style of cycling. We have hit workouts. Um, I just did Tabata, the style of cycling. I, I guess I'm kind of a, a mesh of like more traditional cycling Mm -hmm. and, but we, we cycle to the beat, but we, Mm -hmm. um, 
we don't do any, I guess you could say strength training on the bike. I save that for all off of the bike. So those are, that's the style of cycling that we do on the channel. That's what, so I have to mention this because we're kind of talking about it right now with the styles of bike riding. I have never, um, say I've never taught cycling yet. It's something that has been discussed, but something that I've seen within the community of cycling is that whole conversation or a debate about how you teach on the bike and doing stuff on the bike. And I, I personally think it's a little comical with people uh -huh. that when they are the arguments behind it, I've always yeah. been the type of person that whatever gets people moving all for it, whether it's exactly Zumba, whether it's cycling, whether it's Olympic lifting, powerlifting, whatever gets people moving. Cause that's the issue that we have. I'll say globally, just getting people moving, whatever yes. gets them moving and to come back to it. Awesome. Keep doing it. And to see a community, a cycling community, arguing over, oh, well, that's you can't do that on a bike. If you can't do it on the road, then you shouldn't be doing it indoors. And my joke for that is I'm getting pretty darn close to being able to bunny hop my my indoor cycle. So if, if yeah. I can do it outdoors and if I can do it indoors, does that mean that now I can teach it in a class? It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, let's think about things to push cycling forward, not to argue within each other with right. should you be doing it indoors should you if you can't do it outdoors and you shouldn't be doing it indoors i just think those things are a little comical in my opinion but um yeah. with uh you sharing what type of style you have with writing did, did you take mm -hmm. any types of certifications prior yes so i have um spin certification and also stages beat okay. certification so that and i that's what that's how stages i love the stages certification because mm -hmm. they they allow you, they're like, we're going to show you how to do this. And we're going to let you choose what, how you want to run your class. And I think mm -hmm. that is, I think that's how it should be. Exactly. Yeah. If people are moving, if people love it, you shouldn't stop them. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. if some, if someone does get hurt, ho hopefully not, but you know, that's, I don't, I don't think anyone would, but yeah. 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 So with, uh, another business item here and it's a little out out there because for the listeners right now, I'm with uh, Kaylee. I can see her background now. If you follow her on her channel, it's the background that's when she te teaches her classes. It looks very appealing to the eyes. And that's one of the things that early in the pandemic in the States, people were talking about making your own space for doing your workouts. That's something that we did with my other business time to train. We have a quote unquote studio, it's in my garage but it's appealing to the eyes with instructors. Are they sometimes, Oh, I, I'm not going to do that, that, but it, if it's part of your business and it's part of your strategy, why wouldn't you do those types of things? Uh, I will admit that I'm not a, uh, decorative person. Um, in my backdrop, if you've seen any of my YouTube videos, there's some floating shelves back there. I did not make those. My wife made them and she, or <laughs> she decorated my office. I couldn't do that. I had, my joke is that I probably had a the decoration style of a man child. I had movie posters in my background, but uh, you're not going to want to see that with um, in a backdrop if you're doing classes with you guys and you guys going all in on it. Do you guys did you guys hire somebody for it, or was it more of a, okay? Let's just kind of test it and see uh, what we could put up and see how that looks. Because I mean, you guys have lighting, you guys have um, you know a decorative chair in there, all those kinds of things that just make it look appealing. So yeah, Tyler, I'm gonna say I am I'm like you with the decorating skills. I would hang a poster up and be like, yeah, let's go. But Jason, <laughs> on the other hand, he is. Yeah, he's like the master decorator. I think something will look good. <laughs> and then I put it up and I'm like, wow, what was I thinking? But Jason, he he just knows he has an eye for it. So thank nice. goodness for him because he he is the one that that decided what the how how the background should mm -hmm. look. So yeah, if we it um the well the the walls before were white and now yeah the we have the the dark gray. So we just like to switch things up too as time goes on so people don't get bored with the background. Yeah. Or me. Yeah. Well, but it's it it's uh it's a full approach to it. It's going all in mm -hmm. on your business. It's mm -hmm. making sure that it is appealing, not just the, your workout, it's it's high quality, but 
if it's something engaging, I mean, you guys have, and again, we're going to talk about this on a, on a, another episode uh, with your husband about the different camera angles, having all those types of things. Uh, but you guys go all in on the full setup for it with yourself and teaching. Do you find it kind of difficult for a multi-cam um, system that's set up to teach to different cameras at the same time? Is that difficult for you? It was at first to, to get used to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I will even find myself forgetting about the other camera, <laughs> but for the most part, we have one that's a little bit farther away to give you the full body shot. And then we have one that's a little bit more close up and personal. So mm. when I am, um, when I'm just teaching, when I'm like, we got a climb coming up, I'll look at the main camera. If I'm trying to say, listen, right now is the time that we have got to dig deep. I will look at the other camera and I will, I'll say, I'll look you right in the eye, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you, we gotta, we gotta go. So it feels a little bit more personal. So in my head, I just, I can think, yes, this is when I am talking to you right now and we got to go, but yeah, for, so it's, it's kind of, it's taken a, a few classes to get used to, but now things are, things go a little bit smoother. Again, it's just that it's practicing. It's everything. Yeah. It's, it's failing. And then it's finding out what you can do better and doing it that next time. Cause with the videos, you know, you can always redo them if you have to. <laughs> so that's the bonus. So that's one of the bonuses of filming as well. That's true. That's true with, I'll call it on-demand or pre-recorded videos. If you don't like uh -huh. something, it's, then it's not going to go up with, the, exactly. with, with switching to your guys' streaming formats. Mm -hmm. Was that a little bit of an adjustment for you? Yeah, yeah, that was, that was nerve wracking at first. And it, even before every live ride, um, we will usually come down about two hours before the live ride just wow. to test everything, leave mm -hmm. everything on, make sure it's running smoothly. Um, we have had, I think we've had one incident where we've had to switch headphones at the beginning before the workout started. So thankfully we have not had any hiccups during a ride, mm -hmm. but, um, it was, it was more the pre-planning and the trying to figure out how to have the same quality audio and video as we do for the recorded rides. And then also Jason stays in the back behind the uh, computer so he can put up, we always put up like a countdown timer. We have the resistance numbers that I call out. So he includes all of those during the workout. Wow. So then we can post those to YouTube afterwards and they still have that similar feel to a recorded class. Wow. Well, that a lot of work. A lot of work and <laughs> the items yeah. that you mentioned there, I mean, that's why some instructors that uh, are part of my time to train team, like they will come to me, that they will rather just come to my house to stream because of all that pre-planning that goes into it, that setup. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely one of the items that with joining uh, that my team was that they had to learn those technical items for streaming. And there's a lot more and that your guys is far more advanced than what we do. Um, and I can recognize just the effort that you guys put into it. So to hear, you know, the, all the preparation that you guys are putting into it, and even for uh, the workouts post to then be posted to YouTube. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal to hear the, just, again, the, the thing that I keep saying is you guys are bought oh, into you. it, fully bought into it. And, uh, so amazing stuff i just have to say but uh moving now to our podcast well, takeaways. thank you thank you thank you of course of course when so moving on to our podcast takeaways and i say the same thing each podcast when we get get there is with the podcast takeaways i got this from a documentary that i watched for an individual that did 50 ironmans in 50 different states uh, i think the documentary is called Iron Cowboy. And I started following the individual on Twitter and he was asked a question about what are three lies about Ironman competitions. And he posted these very long, um, basically descriptions and sharing his insight uh -huh. into Ironmans. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a great question. Now I'm going to apply it to the fitness industry. So with your background, very different than a lot of fitness instructors, and even now with virtual training and growing a channel, it's very different. So what are three lies that you've personally encountered within the fitness industry? 
Wow, man, that is, that it is, that's a really good question. Um, so I would say maybe not specifically to the virtual training world with the first one, but it's just that, that workouts are only challenging you physically when I believe that a workout is so much more than just 30 minutes of making yourself sweat. I mean, there are so many health benefits mentally, physically. I mean, it's, it can be life-changing for a workout. So I, I think one lie is like, it's just a workout. It's like, no, you can, you can gain so much power from that one 30 minute session. If you just give it all you got. And, and if you really find the workout that you love, so, and I would say that's kind of how I feel about cycling well, mm-hmm. and strength training, but yeah, so there's that. So, and then hmm, the, uh, another, um, lie would, and this one kind of leads more into the virtual world, but it would be that you shouldn't give away any of your classes for free because it can be <laughs> detrimental to the fitness world. But I've honestly, I've that we have not we have not seen that. I mean, with the, with the fitness community, people are buying more fitness equipment because they have these free classes. People are gaining confidence in themselves. Like I've had so many people say that they, they don't want to go into a gym. They don't want to go into a public place and do this, but so they do it at their home. And now they have the confidence to go to the gym, to go to a group setting and do these classes. So to me, it's opening up more doors for people that and, you know, also maybe can't, can't afford this, but one day, one day they will be able to, and then they can go and they can pay it forward. So I, I would say you don't, yeah, g- giving the classes away for free is, is not detrimental to the, the fitness community. So, mm-hmm. because it does give people more opportunities and then, you know, you know, you know, they ever know, you never know what they might do because they were able to join your workout class, what positive attributes that may contribute to society. So, yeah, so that would be probably the other one. Um, and the last one is probably, I, I, and maybe this one is, this one has probably been debunked, but this one I still see quite often, especially if you're scrolling through Instagram or the, you know, the magic tea, the shake weight, that's going to make you look like a bodybuilder after two uses or the, the Avril coaster, just things like that, that it's, it's not easy. It is hard work, but it's going to be worth it. And I, it can be very discouraging for people when they, you know, not, not everyone obviously knows what we know as fitness professionals. So when someone who has authority is telling them that they can lose 20 pounds in two weeks, if they just drink this tea, that is very discouraging when they have gained weight over two weeks because they've been using this tea or any of the, you know, the crazy things. So that would be my biggest thing is it it's hard work. You got to do it, but find, I always feel like everyone has their soulmate exercise. So when, and when they find that they, it will like, take them to a whole new level in life, not only in their physical, but in their, you know, mental and overall longevity in life. So I would say that's, that's probably the three. That's good. That's good. And I would touch on all three, but there's only one that I'm going to touch on and it's the the virtual one because Mm -hmm. the one that makes me laugh or just adding on to that is that a lot of individual, I can't say a lot, but I see individuals now sitting, oh, with virtual now ending and that uh, with people, now everybody's going back to the gym and they make blanket statements to say everybody and virtual's ending. And it's like, are you, did you uh, say, are you the running ahead a company like Peloton or Echelon or all those companies that invested in virtual training? Do you think that they're wrong? And you're right because you see a handful of people going back to the gym there was mm-hmm. a ton of money invested in virtual training by, I can't even tell you how many businesses. And just think that it's going to just end all of a sudden. It, mm-hmm. You're crazy to think that. And I think that uh, the part of with virtual training, 
that is it's going to stick around but it's a part for fitness professionals to be able to have that with their business that it gives them more options to be able to teach virtually reach more people and impact more lives and be able to essentially have an arm of their business that helps them make a living out of it that's always been the hardest part with individuals in the fitness industry is that they cannot make a living from it and therefore have to go do something else they come in three months six months eight months and then they're just not making enough money so they have to leave with mm -hmm. virtual training, you have these abilities to reach more people and hopefully create these opportunities for yourself. So, I mean, this is not just strictly to virtual training, but since I've been in the industry now 11 years, I, I've never just been one thing, just doing fitness training. There's always been a plethora of things because it helps you stay within the industry that you got your education in or that you're passionate exactly. about. So keep on the virtual train, I will say. That's my... yeah advice there um before we sign Definitely. off here can you mm -hmm. provide everybody listening your youtube channel uh your social media website all that kind of good stuff yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Kay you can type in Kaylee Cohen fitness, or you can type in Kaylee Cohen cycling and you will find me come up there. You can go to KayleeCohen.com and I have a website. That's usually what.com. <laughs> and you can also find me on Instagram at Kaylee a Cohen. Kaylee Cohen was already taken and on <laughs> Facebook at, well, we have a, we have a little community on Facebook. So that's Kaylee Cohen fitness as well. Awesome. Awesome. Really a pleasure to speak with you for you to share all these items. And again, you are somebody that people should listen to. You are somebody that uh, you've done it, that you are doing it and you're doing it at a high rate. And so I hope people listening in, take the time to listen to this episode, take away items that they can utilize in their business and also go look at your channel and all that kind of stuff to see, wow, all the things that people talk about with virtual training, she's doing it right now. In the end, it's not like it's some mythical unicorn that, oh, it's too hard for me to do it. You are doing it right now and doing a fantastic job. But thank you for being my guest on the episode. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs>